you are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. Instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. I am your host, Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast, and I am joined with Marcus Mosier. You can find him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Uh, we have finally, finally concluded week 12. How does that feel? We have no Thursday night football, but we did get some Wednesday night football or Wednesday afternoon football. Woff. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it felt like the longest week of football ever, right, Kate? We had football. I think it actually might have been. I think it probably uh, like was. Literally yeah, the about longest it, right? week of football. We had, yeah, I, I'm pretty we sure. We had two games on Thursday on Thanksgiving, and then we wrapped it up with the Steelers and Ravens on a Wednesday afternoon game. And Kate, now I understand why CB or uh, why NBC didn't want to give up that tree lighting at night because that was not <laughs> a great game to watch on uh, Wednesday afternoon. No, I, I think they they knew what they were getting themselves into there. Um, just light the pretty tree and, and move on oh, from there. Yeah, so bad. We we've got so much exciting stuff to talk about. What are we looking forward to in Week 13? Uh, promotion, commotion, and who has the most dynasty value to gain or lose this week? Uh, should we just dive right in? What are you looking forward to seeing in Week 13? Kate, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with Miles Sanders because, you know, going into this year, there was a lot of hype around him that, you know, this is going to be the next guy to, to break out in the Eagles offense. You know, he was a second round pick, uh, super athletic, um, but it, it really hasn't happened, you know, this year through eight games, only 600 rushing yards, uh, just three touchdowns last week against Seattle. Six carries for 15 yards. Uh, he'll play Green Bay this week, and Green Bay can't stop anybody when it comes to, to the run game. I think this is really the last chance for for Sanders to show out. And if he doesn't, I, I've got a feeling that that dynasty value is going to just kind of fall through, you know, fall through the floor over the next couple of weeks because they play New Orleans. Uh, they've got you know a little bit of a tougher schedule coming up. Um, if he doesn't perform well in the last five weeks of the season, what do we do with Miles Sanders, Kate? Like, is he somebody that we're trying to trade for in the offseason? Is he somebody that we can get now for a second-round pick? Uh, what do you envision happening here in Philadelphia? I don't think, uh, just just because of, you know, sort of the, the narrative around Miles Sanders, I don't think you're going to be able to get him that cheap. Uh, most of the Miles Sanders managers, I feel like, are so high on Miles Sanders. But I think the bigger concern for me is not the talent, it's not the player, but I, I feel like year after year we <laughs> come to realize we don't want uh, players from the Philadelphia Eagles on our fantasy no. teams. It uh, doesn't really work out. I don't know um, how much longer Doug Peterson's going to last, so... Uh, I have to assume that eventually we're going to be seeing a new regime in Philadelphia. Do they like Miles Sanders? Do they want to use him in the same way? Um, but more so, you know, I think the the game script just really hasn't been there for 
him to have a, a decent game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've they've scored 17 points in the last three outings, but. It, you know, it's garbage time. It's all all garbage time. He's playing plenty of snaps. Uh, last week played 61% of offensive snaps. Uh, the week prior, uh, 60%. But over the last two weeks has only, you know, carried the ball 22 times. That It's great that you're on the field, but if you're not getting targets, um, it, you know, if you're not being heavily utilized, uh, I'm, I'm worried you're not getting the touchdown production. Yeah. Um, and even even in those games where he has had targets, they haven't been uh, very very good targets. Well, I think uh, Boston you know, Scott's perception is quite low. Yeah, Boston Scott actually looked like the better running back, right? And when he's out there, I, I mean, I would agree, or at least very close. I think. Okay, one of the things that I, I keep coming back to is there was this report after the draft, and I, I remember it well, that the Eagles were deciding between Jalen Hurts and J.K. Dobbins with that second round pick at pick fifty one. And they ended up taking Jalen Hurts because of the positional value. Okay, but if, if they were deciding between those guys, it means they liked Dobbins quite a bit. But if you loved Miles Sanders, you're probably not taking another running back in the second round the following year. So I, I just wonder if this offseason, if there's a chance that Philadelphia tries to, to grab somebody else to pair with Miles Sanders. And maybe that makes Miles Sanders more efficient, but I just wonder, will we ever see Miles Sanders the workhorse in Philadelphia? I'm starting to have my doubts. I am too. I think the the skill set is definitely there, though. I think he's he's certainly an interesting buy in Dynasty right now. It's just I don't know if we've hit that, that floor pricing that I really like to uh, start to go after these guys. So I'm not sure that it's uh, necessarily the right time, but... Um, I, I definitely think Miles Sanders could be a buy because, like I said, you have a new regime. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe they want to use him differently. Maybe they rebuild this entire offense. Would it would be a fantastic thing to see? Yeah, I mean, he's not um, on clearance yet, but he could be getting there after the next couple of weeks. Yes, I I want to buy him on clearance. Um, so I'm actually for who I'm mo- looking most forward to seeing in Week 13. I'm sticking with the same team, which is so odd because I hate the Philadelphia Eagles. I do not enjoy watching them play because they are not playing no, very good no. football. Um, I, I'm eager to see Zach Ertz. Uh, Zach Ertz has, uh, you know, been off the field with this ankle injury. Um, you know, he's barely been present this season, even when he's been on the field. Um, you know, he played six games, but he didn't do anything in those six games. He had fewer than 20 receiving yards in three of six games, mm. only scored one touchdown on the season. Now he returns from this like pretty decently uh, long stretch for this ankle injury. We know, you know, sort of how long those can sort of linger, even when you're returning to the field. Uh, we've seen plenty of these guys that ne- aren't necessarily a hundred percent when they're returning, but I'm, I'm I'm definitely interested to see what happens with Zach Ertz. Um, you know, I, I think the team, if they are really going to maybe dismantle, if they're going to move on from Doug Peterson, what does this mean for Zach Ertz? Um, I, I just want to see him on the field. I want to see how they utilize him because uh, Richard Rodgers has looked much yeah, better sure. than Zach Ertz, and that's uh, that's really scary for a guy that you know just in in dynasty startups you probably drafted. In the fourth or fifth round last year. It's tough with Ertz because I think the last 
10 games that we've seen him, he's looked borderline wash, right? Less than 400. Borderline. Yeah, I mean, 400, less than 400 <laughs> yards in the last 10 games, averaging, you know, 8.4 yards per reception. Just 45 receptions on 80 targets. He's no longer that, you know, dominant red zone weapon. Again, just four targets or four touchdowns in the last 10 games. Um, I, I don't know, Kate. I, I think it's over. I, I really do. He's already 30 years old. I think when we see him now, he's probably going to be part of a rotation. And I think I think every time we, we see a target go to him, we're going to be wishing it goes to Dallas Goddard, right? Yeah, I definitely think um, I think Dallas Goddard has solidified himself as a uh, top seven tight end in Dynasty. Would you agree? I would agree. And I think I think what's also solidified that is we heard reports before Ertz's injury uh, that teams called to trade, you know, to consider trading for him. We know that the Eagles were one of those teams. I, I do wonder if Ertz was healthy, if he's even on that team. And that gives me, a, you know, some hope that if I'm a Goddard owner, listen, it's probably not going to be very long before he's the featured tight end there in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I think this is a great, great time to buy him because we know he's been productive, but he doesn't have that premium price tag that I think uh, he should technically no. have at this point. Um, so that's that's sort of the takeaway that I'm looking forward to uh, exploring in week 13. I just want to I want to see what the vibe is with him back in the lineup, because I, I do feel like he's going to be the odd man out. And and I I'm sorry for maybe that. He'll save the, maybe he'll save the Philadelphia Eagles offense from being absolutely atrocious. I doubt it, but it, maybe. He, he, he could. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not bank, banking on that. I'm not uh, putting any money down on that. Before we head into uh, whose dynasty value has the most to gain or lose, I want to talk to you about Built Go. Uh, we got we, we know built bars uh, we've talked about built bars a million different times because they are so delicious they are uh, the best protein uh, not just protein bar but they're the best uh, protein uh, just deliciousness I, I love the healthiness of it I love that I get something tasty uh, but from the built bar folks we are now having built go meant to help you break through your wall whether it's mental physical, Break through that wall with Built Go every single day. Built Go is a healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's long lasting. It's natural. You don't get that same crash that uh, I know we all have when I'm I'm drinking my Monsters and my Red Bulls. I drink a lot of those, and and I'm I'm cutting those out of my diet because now with Built Go, I have a five hour energy without that same crash. It's like drinking a monster without the third of caffeine. I get better results. It's a workout gel. It's portable. You can sneak it in your, your gym bag, wherever you need on the go. Comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go is absolutely amazing. Made with collagen protein, fast absorbing. It gets into my system fast. It's easy on the stomach. Only now can you go to visit BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED, and you will get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, Marcus, what do we have uh, in terms of dynasty value for these guys coming up in week 13? Whose value are, are we excited to see? Is it going to raise this week? Is it going to drop? Um 
who has the most to gain or lose in week 13? Yeah, I'm really looking at Raheem Mostar. Um, you know, he just came back uh, last week to play the Rams, and the, the numbers weren't great. 16 carries for 43 yards, did score a touchdown. But I just want to remind people the, the potential and the ceiling that Raheem Mostart has. In his last 13 games, including the playoffs, he has 1,300 total yards and 15 touchdowns. This is somebody, when he's healthy, uh, performs like a RB1. And because of the injuries, um, and I think because of the age, people kind of forget about him. We, we don't see him for a while. He goes away for a couple weeks, has only played a few games this year. Uh, but it's pretty clear when he's healthy, the 49ers are going to make him the future running back here. And I think this is a, a guy that you can grab right now for a fairly cheap price. And I think you can get him and plug him into your lineups for the rest of the fantasy playoffs. I, I think he's in store for a huge December. And I'm really curious to see how he looks this week against Buffalo, whose run defense is not all that great, Kate. Well, and, you know, I think the interesting thing about Raheem Moster is he is one of these guys that has performed pretty consistently when he's been on the field, um, has tremendous big playability. You know his coaching staff likes him, but he just can't seem to hold on to this uh, value as an RB1 or even RB2. He's just not um, he's not really thought of in that, that sort of way. He doesn't get that same credit that – uh, you know, other backs in his position mm. might get for the work that he's producing. Uh, I really like this one. How about Alvin Kamara? We need to talk about oh, it. Man. So, Drew Brees, we don't necessarily know uh, exactly when we can expect him. Might not be until, uh, what, week 15, week yeah. 16? Yeah. Now we have Alvin Kamara, who's been totally eliminated from the receiving game. You're heading into your fantasy football playoffs because you had Alvin Kamara, and now he's totaled just three targets, three targets over the last two games, one reception for negative two yards. Taysom Hill is clearly the goal line back. Um, he is the featured back in that offense, but we're just not seeing a, a significant enough workload for Alvin Kamara, and I just – I sort of um, – I need to see more. I need to see, is this Latavius Murray trend going to continue? They gave him a monster workload in week 12, and it just seemed like it was sort of out of left field uh, that he got all these carries, 19 carries. Is that going to continue, do you think? And uh, what do you expect from Alvin Kamara to close out the season? So this is a really interesting discussion because I think everybody would assume that as soon as Drew Brees is back, his value is going to go right back to where it was before the injury, right? And I think that's fair because what do we know? Drew Brees is going to feed Alvin Kamara touches and I think he's going to be fine and maybe we'll see Kamara in the next couple weeks as we get into the fantasy, or excuse me, we'll see Drew Brees in the next couple weeks and that'll help you get through the playoffs. But I'll be honest, Kate, I, I think This makes me nervous about Alvin Kamara's long-term value because, I mean, we'll see what happens next year, but I've got a feeling that Drew Brees probably won't be back next season. And what if it is Taysom Hill the rest of the way for the Saints in 2021 and 2022? All of a sudden, you're getting to the point where, okay, we have a legit conversation of whether or not you can start Alvin Kamara every week because there's no longer the passing volume there. He's not getting the you know, eight, nine, ten receptions a game. So 
I, I just I think this is a big week. If he can find a way to be productive this week, and maybe the Saints get him a couple more you know targets out of the backfield, I'll feel better about his long term future there with New Orleans. If Taysom Hill is a starter, but if it's another one of these games where it's twelve carries for forty five yards, uh, one target, two targets, I, I'm gonna get really worried. You might have to be brave enough to actually uh, sit him oh, in your fantasy goodness. playoffs, which is not. Not an exciting thing. Taysom Hill, he does have, uh, after this season, has another year left on his contract. What if this is the end of Drew Brees? What if this, uh, you know, he's talked about retirement before. If he doesn't make this Super Bowl run this year, this could be the last year that we see him. And the team seems very determined to keep Taysom Hill as their quarterback. If we have to deal with Taysom Hill through 2021, I want no part of Alvin Kamara. I agree. I mean, literally no part. Yeah, I mean, he's he probably would be an RB two that has a RB one price tag because you know the Alvin Kamara owner is still going to want top dollar for him, and there's just no way that you can pay that. No, I, I absolutely agree. Give me one more before we head into promotion commotion. Yeah, let's talk about T.Y. Hilton. I think this is his last chance to show that he's not completely washed, right? We're going up Oof. against the Houston Texans team uh, without Bradley Roby. We've seen what uh, T.Y. Hilton's done in the past against the Texans in 16 career games. Uh, he's at 1,500 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. Uh, this defense is not very good. Uh Hilton should theoretically have a big day, but if he can't, then I'm really starting to get worried. Turn 31 in November, it, it it might just be it for Ty Hilton. Oh, if I can if I can get rid of Ty Hilton for any sort of return, um, I would imagine uh, at this point, what do you get back from him? Uh, maybe a third round maybe, pick. It's really sad. Last 20 if games, that, 900 receiving yards. This this is a guy that led the league in receiving in 2016. And he's never been a, a big touchdown no. guy. So that that's sort of the issue is that you can't uh, make up for those those lost fantasy points. He was a big yardage guy, uh, you know, a, a nice PPR, a, a safe target share kind of guy. And you don't have the the touchdowns to balance out uh, some of those those touches that he's missing. So he's definitely a guy that could take a big hit mm. uh, going into the season. If somebody just straight up offered – uh, you know, maybe they're looking for uh, some depth, a body, uh, really, just to get them through the fantasy playoffs. Sure. Uh, would you take a fourth round pick for him? Is it too? That's low? probably too. I'm low. trying to find the. All right, how about a? Um, let's see, like a, a the 401. If That's, you can project I, it I as mean, the 401. I'm probably just writing it out and hoping that we get a quarterback change in Indianapolis. But if you offered me a third, I'm right, probably hanging in there. Three uh, mid round third. <laughs> yeah, I probably would take it. Again, this is a guy that's averaging less than 12 yards per reception over the last two years, only six total touchdowns. Yeah, I probably would. Yikes. I know. Poor T.Y. Hilton, one of my favorite players in the NFL. It's, just, <laughs> it's too bad that it had to end this way, all because of Philip Rivers. Oh, Lord. I know. Well, you know what? I, I don't even know that we'd, we'd see much uh, much out of him if it weren't our, our good friend Philip Rivers, yeah, I, I just I, I think uh, he's he's definitely looked uh, not not at all like the same player. But goodness gracious, if uh, you can sort of capitalize on this, I, you know, if your dynasty league, um, you know, allows your year long trading, if you don't have a trade deadline and he has a good game, good Lord, sell him for a third and run. Yes, absolutely. 
<laughs> All right, we'll be right back and we'll get to some promotion commotion. All right, everybody, let's talk about some promotion commotion. We are promoting these guys from deep in the trenches of our benches. We, we've got to fill these lineups mm. somehow. Dire, we're in dire straits. You know, we, we've never had a harder time uh, filling out an active lineup. So who are you comfortable, Marcus, c- promoting this week from your bench if you need a spot start? Yeah, if I'm a, a Alvin Kamara owner and I'm wanting some like legit good running back production this week, I'm uh, thinking about playing Devontae Booker over Alvin Kamara this week. I know that's... He's I, looked solid. He, he has looked solid, uh, averaging 5.5 yards per attempt this season. I think even if Josh Jacobs plays in this game, he's dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. I think Booker can have flex appeal in this one because of what he can do out of the backfield. Uh, The Raiders obviously like him a lot. The Jets can't stop the run at all. So at the very worst, he's a flex play this week. If we find out that Josh Jacobs just can't go, uh, I think at the very worst, he's a solid RB2 this week. I love it. How about... Uh, let's go to the AFC South. I want to talk about Kiki QT. Uh, not necessarily a uh, a home run hitter, we'll say, in recent times. No. But with the suspension of Will Fuller, uh, they cut Kenny Stills. They're, the targets have to go somewhere. Uh, luckily for the Texans, they, uh, I think, should project to have David Johnson back in the lineup this week. He can absorb some of those targets, continue to use Duke Johnson as that receiving weapon. But... Kiki QT. Mm. Uh, He's a decent option. He can play out of the slot. Uh, In his two games versus the Colts, averaging 10 targets, 7 receptions, 67 receiving yards, which, if I'm guessing, has to be uh, his highest game average (laughs) against any team in the NFL. But he's definitely a guy that we've seen have big play uh, potential Mm -hmm. in the right situation. Uh, Once put up 11 for 109 against the Colts. What are you what are you doing with Kiki QT? Do you feel comfortable starting him this week? No, but I'm probably going to have to in a couple leagues because of some of the injuries <laughs> and stuff. But, uh, I mean, listen, without Randall Cobb, with no Kenny Stills, with Will Fuller gone, there's just going to be, uh, you know, a ton of targets left out there. Kiki QT can play in the slot a little bit, and maybe that'll help bring up his floor, uh, you know, some... I did like him coming out of Texas Tech a little bit. We'll see what he looks like in an extended role, but uh, it's going to be a tough one to start him, but I think a lot of people are going to have to. Well, interestingly, he's made pretty much all of the money in his career against the Indianapolis Colts, and all three of his games against the Colts has played more than 70% of offensive snaps, which if you look at his average snap percentage, Nowhere near that. Um, So he's played all those snaps. Uh, Out of two of his three career games, he has had uh, 11 receptions in two of those three games. He's had at least 109 yards in two of those three games. Interesting. Uh, Listen, I I can't wait to talk about Kiki Kutier on Monday when he puts up a (laughs) 0-0-0. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that you know what hey we we gotta do give me one more before we close yeah, this thing out. yeah so i really just i'm bringing up this guy because he has one of the greatest stat lines in uh fantasy football history and that is david moore of the seattle seahawks <laughs> last last week against the eagles three receptions for minus six yards and Ooh. was able to get you a touchdown i mean it's just absolutely hey. crazy um the seahawks for whatever reason find ways to get him the football they like to use him in the red zone uh you know we'll see how he performs this week but i think 
But for somebody that's in a really good offense, attached to a really good quarterback, uh, there are certainly worse options. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's all about that quarterback throwing him the ball. Um, a potential MVP candidate. I think mm-hmm. he's he's lost a little little momentum there in that campaign, but uh, David Moore he definitely does get involved. Um, you just never know when it's going to be the the David Moore week, but he does have those weeks coming off a performance of uh, a, a nice performance uh, over the last you know couple of couple of weeks here. David Moore, I like it. Um, I like it. Well, he, I like it a he's lot. He's got some of those games that will you'll occasionally see where it's like three for ninety five in a score, three for fifty four in a score. I mean, oh, you're definitely you're definitely banking on the big play, but I, I mean, he's had a touchdown in five, uh, what five of eleven yeah, games this season. Sure. Not you could do you could do much worse than that. I'll I'll absolutely take that. Uh, we're definitely chasing that that upside play there, uh, but he's definitely always got it in the tank. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to today's show sponsored by Pepsi. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your fantasy football content. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Follow the show at LockedOnDynasty. And don't forget my awesome co-host Marcus Mosier at Marcus underscore Mosier. Good luck in week 13.